and thank you for tuning into another episode of Policy Change in Practice. We're here today with Shelby Emmett. She is the director of the American Legislative Exchange Council's Center to Protect Free Speech. Really quickly, just to make everything easier, the acronym is ALEC, and we'll just refer to the Center to Protect Free Speech as the center. That's perfect, um, yes. Perfect. And thank you for joining us, Shelby. Um, oh, thank you for having me. This is great. Great. So... Again, just kind of the basics here, we're just trying to understand how organizations go about changing public policy. But before we get into that, just a little bit of background. What kind of led to the start of ALEC? What led to the start of the center? And um, kind of from there, like, what do you guys do? Great. Uh, so ALEC is actually coming up on its 45th anniversary in 2018. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I didn't realize when I started uh, about a year ago that it had been around that long. Um, so that's spectacular. I think it's one of the longest running public policy organizations that we have, which is fantastic. Uh, the center came about about a year and a half ago, basically around three main issues. The campus speech issue, which of course everyone is really well aware of, um, commercial speech, um, where companies having issues mainly after like Citizens United and things like that coming up, and then donor privacy and transparency. So you'll see a lot of calls or bills now calling for the release of personal information of donors and the organizations that they donate to. So it would be, you know, your name, your address, your phone number, and how much money you gave to X organization. Um, so out of that, they created the center for those purposes and because you had a growing need from state lawmakers all across the country with more questions and concerns around First Amendment issues. And that's what I do. So I spend my time educating legislators all across the country in a nonpartisan, objective way about the First Amendment and free speech issues and helping them guide in any type of public policy areas in that that they want to focus on. Okay. And then you mentioned that ALEC is a public policy organization. What is the structure of it? Now, like, you'll see like a 501c3, and when they engage in public policy, it's kind of through this lens of, you know, educating folks through that, or you've got, you know, trade associations where they can just go and hire a couple lobbyists and boom, you go about it that way. How is Yeah, Alex uh, so ALEC is a nonprofit 501c3. Um, we're a nonprofit organization, but also obviously a membership organization since it's open to state lawmakers. Uh, it's open in a nonpartisan fashion. So you can be a Democrat, you can be a Republican, and it's based off of three principles of limited government, federalism, and free markets. So everything that we do is in that context and in that lens. So like, how does that structure kind of affect how you go about changing policy before we get into the actual policies you work on? But how, how does that structure? I think the best way to describe it is we somewhat operate like a committee in Congress. So we have different task forces and then we have centers. So we have a criminal justice reform task force. We have an education and workforce task force. We have um, innovation and technology. We have energy. And they operate the same way that you would in the committee structure. So staff, me, my colleagues, we help members if they want to introduce model legislation. We have three meetings a year. And then they're all assigned to different committees or task forces. And then those members create um, those policies that they want introduced. They vote on them. They debate on them. And then that becomes official ALEC model policy. And then if members want to then take that model policy back to their states, they can, and then it goes through the obviously actual process of the state legislature. Okay, so not exactly kind of like the think tank model that I think sometimes that uh, I gets think there's a around. There's probably a, there's definitely a blend of that because at our meetings, it's a great opportunity for members to come together. 
with other states. So the whole point of federalism is, okay, I'm gonna see what's, I'm from Ohio, and I wanna see how California is handling its energy issues. And then they can talk to someone from California and they'll say, you know what, we tried doing, you know, bill one, two, three, like what you guys are trying to do, and these are the problems that happened, and this is how it impacted the economy, and this is how it impacted unemployment. Okay, wow, thanks for letting us know that. Maybe we'll change it slightly and do this instead. So it's just a great way to bring state lawmakers together because I think a lot of people have this misconception. So in Congress at your federal level, that's all they do, right? They're there full time, their job, most of the time they're in DC, they have apartments in DC. But at the state level, most legislatures are only part time, they're only there a few days, few months out of the year, and they have their real people, and they have real jobs. So they're mechanics, they're teachers, they're real estate investment, whatever it is. And so they don't have the same luxury that your US representatives have. And they have a unique opportunity to get so much done in a certain amount of time and to become experts on a million different things in five minutes. So they're able to come together as state lawmakers and have those conversations. Cool. So backing up a little bit now, what are, you've talked about it too, I think pretty quickly here, just kind of the three main issues that you work on at the Center for Free Speech. What are some of the other issues that Alec focuses on as a whole? Uh, so we basically, our main issues would be, I would say, education, energy, criminal justice reform is, is huge right now for all state lawmakers. Uh, you're seeing a rise and a change with like the, the opium epidemic and drug abuse and things like that. Um, obviously education right now is always a huge one. School choice initiatives is probably one of the most popular. So everything from uh, education savings accounts to we also have centers which are like uh, idea centers and I run a center and you have one like on innovation and technology. So when you're doing new things like, okay, Uber and Lyft and things like that, how do we make regulations and laws around these new types of technologies? And so it's a way to seal deal with the confines of the Constitution, but then also bring people together to think bigger and outside the box. Okay, so we'll kind of just bring it down into the aspects of the center you work at, where you're working on campus speech, corporate speech, donor disclosures, when it comes to those policies and the work you do trying to change them, how do you go about changing them? And in that, I mean, like, what are the venues? Are you working at the federal level in Congress or at regulatory agencies? Are you working with state legislatures, which I think is definitely part of it, it sounds like. What are the venues that you are going and engaging in to try to change these policies? Sure. So I spend 90% of my time on education. Alec has a C4 component, which is basically your lobbying component that you're allowed to do. Um, and then a C3, you can do some type of issue advocacy, but for the most part, you're just supposed to be educating and that's what I focus on. So I do this through, I would say, three key things. I hold what I call First Fridays conference calls. It's not that creative, it's just most state lawmakers are available on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Fair and enough. then, you know, First Amendment, so we do it First Fridays. So I try to do those once a month and I'll pick a topic. So it's either I've gotten a lot of questions at a particular issue within the First Amendment or something's happened. So uh, with the NFL, I've started getting a lot of calls like, okay, well, you know, is this really a First Amendment issue? And what can we do? Because my constituent called and they're like, hey, why are we giving them a tax break for the stadium? And, you know, I'm interested in knowing more about that and if there's a connection. So we'll hold the conference calls on this and we bring all the lawmakers together and then I host a expert speaker. So I might have a First Amendment attorney that focuses on campaign finance 
or I might have someone, if we're focused on donor disclosure, I'll bring in someone from the philanthropy world to talk about these issues and what they're experiencing. And it's just to give members that information so they know what exactly is happening in their states and what to look for. And then you know they can have those conversations back home and have all the information they need. Okay. And then I guess the other question here then is, you know, when it comes to changing these policies, obviously there's a lot of different kind of tactics, approaches you can have to it. Like this first Friday idea is one, but what have been just kind of a couple of the most effective tactics you've found when it comes to changing policies? Like what seems to be able to move the needle more often than not? Well, for my world, my center is very unique because I'm there to not come up with anything really creative, right? <laughs> we have a First Amendment. I think it's perfect the way it is. And my job, I think, is a lot of fun because the First Amendment restricts Congress, right? So at the state level through the 14th Amendment, it restricts the very people that are uh, members of my organization. And they're great members because they'll call me up and they'll say, okay, Shelby, I want to do X, but I know I got to stay in my lane. So how can I accomplish X goal without uh, violating the principles of the First Amendment, free speech, or the ALEC principles of limited government, free markets, things like that. So a lot of times I get to say no or you shouldn't do something, which is great. <laughs> and it's really nice working with lawmakers who understand the, the spirit and the whole point of our system of government and actually want to stay in their lane instead of, you know, most politicians, power corrupts absolutely, right? And they want to do more and they want to do things outside of their realm. And so when they work with me, they're really learning how far they can go within our constitutional structure. So it's a lot of fun. So unless you just get to kind of be that, that check. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that. And a lot of it is most people, when it comes to free speech, mean well. And it's a very emotional issue. So you might be for free speech on Monday, but then something happens on Tuesday. And I've seen everyone's attitudes flip back and forth. You know, I've dealt with everything from Confederate statues and Nazis marching to what's happening in the NFL all in the same month. So to see one person that's for X type of protest and then all of a sudden on Tuesday is not for it, it's a lot of fun work to still have to believe in all of that, even it's when it's the most despicable. And a lot of times it's just reminding people that, hey, you know, is this something that really bothers you? Yes, then that's exactly why it needs to be protected. Great. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for having conversation. me. And that's all for this edition of In Practice. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening to everything we're putting out here at Cap Impact. If you have feedback or you have thoughts on different topics, policy issues that you'd like us to be talking about that we just aren't covering yet, let us know. You can comment on any of our posts on the blog. You can let us know on Twitter. We're out there at CapImpactCA. This episode that you just listened to, along with all the other podcasts we're putting out, are co-productions of the Capital Center for Law and Policy at McGeorge School of Law and Focused Decisions. If you want to learn more about Focused Decisions, you can check them out online. Their website is focuseddecisions.com. To learn more about the Capital Center for Law and Policy, check them out at go.mcgeorge.edu slash capital center. That's capital with an A. Uh, you can also find the Capital Center on social media, on Facebook, and on Twitter at McGeorgeCapCTR. As always, thank you so much for listening.